The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aiken. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Ellen Beers. She's a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in the assessment and treatment of individuals with personality disorders, substance abuse issues, and emotional regulation problems. She's the author of Recovering from Narcissistic Mothers, a Daughter's Workbook, and Ellen has spent over 15 years helping clients identify and recover from emotional abuse and manipulation. In today's episode, we will unpack the Jade Technique, a tool to navigate interactions with emotionally abusive individuals. We'll explore how to avoid justifying, arguing, defending or explaining ourselves to a narcissist. Ellen Bears will also provide long-term strategies to protect oneself from ongoing emotional harm. Let's get started. Hi Ellen, thank you so much for joining me today here again. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here again. Great. Me too, because today we are um, going to go through a technique called Jade. And uh, we have some lines prepared for us here. And we're going to do a little bit role play. And um, yeah, let's get started with the first one. So and then naturally, people uh, who are listening will get a good and clear understanding of this technique as we start to uh, use it in practice uh, in a way. So let's imagine that the narcissist or the person with a high narcissistic traits is saying something like this. I don't understand why you are always upset with me. I don't think I have done anything wrong. You are always making a big deal out of small things. I think you are just being too sensitive. Do you really think it's fair to keep blaming me all the time? So Ellen, how how can we uh, use the Jade technique here? Okay, so just to clarify about what Jade is for the listeners, um, Jade is a technique so that we don't get caught up in the drama that goes along with narcissistic communication. Um, and so part of it is J, we don't justify anything that we're saying. The A is we're not going to argue our points with the narcissist. D is defend. I'm not going to defend myself when I'm talking to a narcissist. And the final one, E, is an explanation. I don't need to explain anything to a narcissist. So in response to what you were just saying, if that was a narcissist talking to me, I would respond in something like, I hear what you're saying, and I'm sorry that you feel that way. So mm-hmm. in that, we're not justifying anything, we're not arguing back, we're not defending ourselves, and we're not explaining anything. And one of the key things with communicating with narcissists is to be very clear and concise and direct in what you're saying. So you're not getting into the weeds of what they're trying to draw you into. So our responses need to be very short. Mm -hmm. So that's why my response is, you know, I hear what you're saying and I'm sorry you feel that way. You're acknowledging that you heard the narcissist, 
but you're not getting into any of the, well, let me defend myself. I'm not really wrong all the time, or I'm not trying to blame you or all that. Cause all of that is not going to go anywhere. And you're just going to get sucked into the drama of the narcissist communication. When we're dealing with narcissists, um, I think it's important to remember that they don't have problem solving skills. So anything that's the opposite of problem solving is drama. And so when you find yourself feeling as though you have to get sucked into it, you're getting into the drama. So we keep our responses very short, very clear, very concise. Mm, yeah. So did you, you said that, okay, your answer would be that uh, uh, I hear what you're saying. And uh, what was it? Can you, can you repeat it? Yes, I hear what you're saying. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah, so then I'm just thinking because in this example, if the narcissistic per person is kind of caught up in the question there, because they ask kind of lastly, do you really think it's fair to keep blaming me all the time? What if they mm -hmm. insist like, why now you're not answering my question? You're not answering my question. Is that then when you just need to repeat that or? You repeat, you repeat it. You say, I hear what you're saying. And I don't have an answer for you right now. So very clear and you're, what you're trying to do is avoid getting sucked into it. So any communication that you're having with a narcissist needs to be very short because it's not going to ever be healthy from their standpoint. So the healthy piece is you kind of getting yourself out of the, the argument or the weeds, as I call it, or um, opening it up to get sucked in with more stuff. So if you keep it very very short and sweet, you're limiting the supply that you're giving to the narcissist. And if we recall from other conversations and probably other podcasts that your um, examples that your uh, listeners have heard, um, they're always looking for more supply from us. So the fewer things you can say, the less supply there is, the more quickly the conversation is going to end. Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a chance that they're going to be able to respond in a healthy way. That's never going to happen. Yeah. So we have to protect ourselves by keeping it short and sweet, saying what you mean, meaning what you say, which is assertive, which is I hear what you're saying, but I'm sorry you feel that way. Or I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm not willing to talk about that right now. Okay. And that kind of, it, you know, they're not going to take that well. I mean, but none of the responses that I'm going to give you today are they're going to take well. <laughs> but even if I gave you a long lengthy response, I wouldn't take it well. Because yeah. they're, you know, they're not trying to problem solve. They're trying to keep you in this loop of dysfunctional role play. So yeah. we really going back to the Jade thing. So we never want to justify we never want to argue back and forth well no i'm not always wrong or you're not always you know we don't want to get into that we don't want to have to feel like we have to defend ourselves and we don't need to ever explain why we are saying what we're saying or doing what we're doing mm. this doesn't we do this in other relationships but with narcissists we don't we don't do this it's totally a self-protective thing all the time when you're dealing with them yeah yeah and i was just gonna say like if you can like really break it down so we can really understand the jade technique like why the response that you just gave like why it's why the yeah like why the response that you just gave why is it not is it it's not justifying it's not arguing it's not defending and it, it's not explaining kind of go each 
of those like letters, like the justify, argue, defend, explain part, and then really pinpoint like, okay, this is this is a great response because this is not justifying. And then maybe give an example what would be and just like like a, a response that a person would actually justify or argue. So we can kind of compare like, okay, oh, oh, yeah, like I can do that. Yeah, if you can with that yeah, response. So so let's see, it says, you know, you're always, you always think you're, no, that's the wrong one. I don't understand why you're always upset with me. I don't think I've done anything wrong. So a justification response would be something along the lines of, I don't know what you're talking about, Jane. Um, I'm not always upset with you. Or when I'm upset with you, it's usually because you've done something that makes me feel sad or makes me feel angry. And so I am responding or, or reacting to you because of this, this, this. Well, that's justifying why I'm behaving in a certain way or why I'm saying what I'm saying. All that's going to do is provide more supply for the narcissist to use against me later. So when we do any of those, justifying, arguing, defending, any of that, it's giving more supply. So if we go along and we say, you're always making a big deal out of small things, arguing would be like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? I'm always listening to you. I, my whole day is about listening to whatever it is that you're going to tell me and trying to figure out what I'm going to do to please you. So I don't know where you're getting that from, blah, 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 blah. So that of course creates, you know, the, uh, you can just imagine the narcissist is like, oh yes, now I've got all kinds of stuff to use against her later because she got upset with me. She got angry with me. She started arguing with me. So I'm going to put that in my pocket and I'm going to use it the next time we go back and forth. Okay. So um, I think you're really, or I think you're just being too sensitive. Um, defense response would be, I am not too sensitive. What are you talking about? I have put up with all of your junk for the last 10 years and I, I think I've handled it really well. And all my friends tell me I'm doing a great job, which of course that's going to give supply. What do you mean? You're talking to your friends about me. Yeah. Um, all of this stuff is like, you're giving all of these openings to the narcissist so they can they literally taking notes right in their head. Um, and then explaining, do you really think it's fair to keep blaming me all the time? Ex explanation would be, well, here's why I'm blaming you. Because on February 3rd, you said that I was out um, cheating with some guy when I was really with my girlfriends. And so I told you that I was going out with my girlfriends and you could see me on the Life 360 that I was with my girlfriends and, and goes on and on and on to explain why this would be like what their perception of it is wrong. And they don't care whether that's right or wrong. So when we're explaining something, it's to no avail. They're not listening to anything that you're saying. They're just collecting stuff to use against you later. So that's how that would look if I was going to have a dialogue with someone in using, um, doing all of the jade things instead mm. of doing all the jade things. And all of that, all I just did was create more fodder for the narcissist to come back with me and argue with me the next time they say anything to me. Yeah. That's how you want to avoid it. Yeah. Thank you. That was really, uh, 
you really um, broke it down very well, kind of. So now, now we really understand. And can you one more time now, like kind of repeat? So, so what is the correct correct uh, line in and the okay. kind of jade? So it, yeah. you don't you don't justify, argue, defend, or explain. Okay. So that remember simplicity, right? Mm -hmm. Very very clear. I hear what you're saying, and I'm sorry you feel that way. Or I hear what you're saying, but I'm not willing to talk about it right now. Okay. And you're never really going to talk about it because mm -hmm. there's never going to be a time when you can actually talk about it. That's why I said, yeah, I prefer something along the lines of, I feel so I, I'm sorry you feel that way because you're acknowledging that you're hearing them, but you're not getting into the argument with them or the explanation or the defense or any of those sorts of things. So that's the key with any of the responses to somebody with uh, who's narcissistic is keeping it very short and sweet. You're almost always going to avoid the jade stuff um, if you keep it very short and sweet. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. This was really great. And uh, well, then we have another example as well. So let's let's um imagine that the narcissistic person or narcissist says something like this um you always think you are right don't you it's like you never make mistakes but guess what you do you are just as imperfect as anyone else but you won't admit it you are so quick to blame me but you never look at your own faults is it easier for you to make me the bad guy instead of accepting your own mistakes so again if you can uh like how how can we uh use the jade technique here uh, as a response to this this type of sentence so if we go through that and and justify argue defend and explain we might say something along the lines of so the narcissist says you always think you're right don't you it's like you never make mistakes so justifying um, a justification response would be something like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I don't think I'm right. In fact, most of the time I tell you that I'm not right. And so you have no reason to think or say that I am right all the time. That doesn't make any sense. So that would be a justification. Um, arguing let's see, but guess what you do? You're just as imperfect as ever, anyone else, but you won't admit it. So arguing might be, I have never given you any idea or any impression that I'm not imperfect. I have all of my flaws. Um, I'm upset with you that you would even say that to me and you're wrong. I know that I'm imperfect, okay? Again, you're giving all kinds of supply to the narcissist. Um, the defense, like you're so quick to blame me, but you never look at your own faults. Of course, I look at my own faults. I'm telling you all the time the things that um, I'm working on or the things that I need to improve on. We have this conversation over and over and over again. I don't know why you don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> that's going to go well. And then finally, an explanation. Um, so for the last question that the narcissist asks, is it easier for you to make uh, me the bad guy instead of accepting your own mistakes? Um, let me explain to you why I, I do accept my mistakes whenever they come up. One, you're pointing out my mistakes all the time. And two, I've done all of this work to try to figure out how to please you. I have learned how to make all your favorite dishes. I clean your house every day. I drive you to work. 
I take care of your kids. I do all of these things. And yet you're asking me this question. So all of that would be, you know, obviously it's, it's probably causing a lot of anxiety, just even hearing that, which having a relate or having a conversation with a narcissist would do that. But if you want to respond in a way that utilizes the clear, concise, and very simple um, response, we might say something like, we both have a right to our own opinions. Just that. Just that. That's great. <laughs> you walk away and you walk away. So that, because again, it's, there is no point in getting into all of the stuff that was the previous example. It's not worth it. You're not going to be able to convince a narcissist that what you're saying is valid because, it, you know, we've talked about in the past that a narcissist does not have adaptability, flexibility, or adjustability in their day-to-day -day life. So they're not going to adjust like you might have a conversation with a coworker who is a reasonably healthy person who can adjust and adapt to what you're saying. Narcissists can't do that. So you have to do it very simply so that you don't get stuck in that jade situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you said that, like we have, we both have right to our own opinions and then just left it there after kind of when you went through the examples of like, okay, well, a justification, uh, you know, response would look like this and arguing and defending and explaining. It's almost like, oh, like, like, I don't have to like, uh, do all that work. Like, and no. it, it, in a way it also reduces like, yeah, like anxiety. Although the one thing I have heard, because many people who are involved with a narcissistic person, they might consider themselves as, let's say, great communicators, great, yeah. like, you know, very open, honest people who like want to make sure that the relationship, the communication works and, you know, they are able to be vulnerable and uh, active listening and, you know, always improving yes. communication skills and stuff like that. Learning how to say just, we both have a right to our own opinion and just leave it there might feel, how do, how would I describe it? It's like, almost like, it's so uh, like uncharacteristics of s yeah. someone, you know, like someone who identifies as a great communicator and someone who is really like trying to make the relationships that they have to work and be smooth. Like, how do you advise someone to like, okay, just keep it there. And, you know, like, because someone might have anxiety about it, like, ah, that's not me. It's not me who says that type of line. That's not like who I am. I'm not someone who just says that and walks away. Like it feels so unfamiliar to me. Do you, have you noticed anything like this? And what, what do oh, you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so a couple things. One is that we have to realize that when you're having a communication situation with a narcissist, it is unlike any other communication with anyone else who's not narcissistic. So in a perfect world, we're all assertive communicators, right? We're not aggressive. We're not passive. We're not passive aggressive. We're assertive. We say what we mean. We mean what we say. We strive for healthy communication. That does not apply to a narcissist. So that's the number one thing. And that's a very difficult thing to understand because uh, the nature of narcissism is so foreign, a functional person cannot wrap their head around it very easily. Like, how is this person 
unable to have communication with me, even when I explain things, when I defend myself, if I was doing that with anybody else, they would be like, oh, I totally understand you, Ellen, or yes, that's a valid point. We're not dealing with people that you're going to be able to have that kind of conversation with. So that's one of the, the key things is recognizing that that's fruitless. There's no point. It doesn't mean that you're not a great communicator with other people, but reserve that for other people. The key when dealing with communicating with a narcissist is self-protection. That is not what we tend to do with other people. You know, if I'm going to go have a conversation with the person at the grocery store about what fruits are in, in season, it's going to be a, a back and forth, like what's, what do you have in season? You know, do you have any more in the back? Yes, ma'am, we do. Let's go get some. Here you go. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And go on your way. You don't feel bad. You don't feel anxious. It's all good. But that does not happen with narcissistic people. You cannot continue to communicate in that way with somebody who's a narcissist. So what we then have to look at is, okay, yes, I'm a good communicator with everybody else, but I need to keep it very simplistic with somebody who's narcissistic because they will take advantage and exploit me with anything that I have to say. So the less I give them, the less chance they're going to exploit consistently all along. And by the way, they, they're not happy about this. So expect some backlash, but the, the pattern that people get into when they're in a relationship with a narcissist is this continual jade stuff, right? Like I've got to explain it. And if I do it this way, then they're going to understand it. Or if I change my dialogue to this, they're going to understand it. No, they're not. They're not going to understand any of that because they're unable to, not because you don't communicate effectively. Mm. So that It's a completely different way of dealing with somebody than you do with all the other people in your, in your life. Sort of similarly to when I talk to clinicians, when you treat someone with a personality disorder, it's completely different work than if you're working with someone who's just presenting with anxiety or depression or bipolar or something like that. It's a completely different situation. Can't use any of the same stuff that you use with your other clients with somebody with a personality disorder. It, you can't, it, it's not going to work and you'll get exploited as a therapist. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. So, okay, let's, let's move on to the third example here. So let's imagine that the narcissistic person or a narcissist said some narcissist says something like, you always seem to misunderstand what I'm saying. It's like you are not even trying to get it. Even when even when I, uh, oh, let me say it again. You always seem to misunderstand what I'm saying. It's like you are not even trying to get it. Even when I simplify things, you get it wrong. And when I try to correct you, you act like, I'm the problem. So have you decided that I'm always wrong? Does that make you feel better to make me out to be the bad guy no no matter what the truth is? So Ellen, how can we use the jade technique here? <laughs> okay, so if we're using jade, then let's let's say you you always seem to misunderstand what I'm saying. It's like you're not even trying to get it. Uh, so justification would be, of course, I'm trying to get it. I have been with you for 20 years and I have always tried to communicate with you and respond to you and explain myself to you and all of these things. I don't know why you continually tell me 
that I don't get it. I absolutely get it, sweetie. That might be some justification of, of what you're doing. When um, for the uh, arguing, um, even when I uh, simplify things, you get it wrong. That's not true. I always understand where you're coming from. I don't know why you're constantly telling me that I'm wrong. I have told you over and over again that I understand where you're coming from, that I will support you in whatever it is that you do. I, I just don't understand this. this. This is making me really angry that you think that I'm not supportive. I've been with you for 20 years. What else do you want from me? That would be an argument. And then uh, defending might, uh, let's see. So and when I, I try to correct you, you act like I'm the problem. So have you decided that I'm always wrong? Um, what are you talking about? I tell you all the time that you're right. Why do you keep telling me that I'm not supportive of you and that I don't defend you. In fact, last week when we were at the Jones's house, you were saying something and someone got mad at you and I jumped right to your defense. I don't understand what you're talking about. Do you not remember that? So that would be a defense. Um, and then explanation, uh, does that make you feel better to make me out to be the bad guy no matter what the truth is? Listen. Let me explain to you why I don't think you're the bad guy. I am here to support you. Um, I have gone out of my way to um, talk to the neighbors about you when you've yelled at them. I've talked to our kids about it when you're in a bad mood or when you don't want to talk to them. I'm always your biggest ally. So I don't know where you're getting this thing that I that I think you're the bad guy or that I'm making you out to be a bad guy. I'm actually not. Something you can respond uh, very simply is I'm not going to argue with you anymore. So we can agree to disagree. Mm. Yeah, that ends ends it well. <laughs> yeah. It ends well for you, but not the you know, narcissistic person is going to respond back and and again like we talked about in the first example want to continue the the dialogue and we're just going to repeat the same thing because mm. you're only going to give them a little teeny piece of something if you really feel as though you need to give them some kind of response mm. so we can agree to disagree i'm not going to argue with you mm. yeah okay it's it's protection It's like, you could also say something like you're right, you know, and you don't have to believe it, but we're, you know, when you feed the ego a little bit, sometimes that'll reduce the argument, argument and the, um, the continual harassment and, and all that, that comes along with that. But generally speaking, you just put the boundary down and say, I'm not going to argue. Let's just agree to disagree mm. and yeah. make the decision not to get back into it when they continue the discussion mm, yeah thank you so then the last uh, example that we have here so let's imagine again that the narcissistic person says something like every time something goes wrong you find a way to say it's not your fault you always have a story or a reason for why it's someone else's fault never yours you act like you never do anything wrong i wonder do you even know what it means to take responsibility or do you just ignore that when it doesn't fit your story can you explain why it's so hard for you to admit when you are wrong Okay, 
So just want to point out with this that uh, this is 100% deflection, right? I, I was just thinking so, so much projection, like all the so time. So much projection, so much deflection. So obviously it's meant to rile up the person that they're talking to, right? So if we're going to go with justifying ourselves, then let's go with the first part. Every time something goes wrong, you find um, a way to say it's not your fault. Um, well, you know what? It usually isn't my fault, Johnny. Um, I believe like I'm the best partner that you could possibly have. And I support you. And I do all the things that you've asked me to do over the years. And I uh, am, you know, it isn't my fault. Most of the time, I'm not doing anything. It's you that's doing it. I'm not, I don't understand why you can't see that. Right. So that's when we get sucked into that, you know, communicating back to the narcissist almost as if we become abusive back because it pulls us into this place of reaction as opposed to responding. Um, so when you're justifying yourself or using any other, any of the other Jade techniques, um, you're getting sucked back in to communicate back with the narcissist as dysfunctionally as the narcissist communicates with you. Uh, the argument part, let's see. Um, you always have a story or a reason for why it's someone else's fault, never yours. Uh, well, that sounds familiar because it sounds like that's what you do all the time. So I, you know, I, we've had a gazillion uh, communications or, or, or conversations over the years. And I would say that's probably you, not me. Okay. So arguing back, that's going to elicit a really negative response from the narcissist. Um, and then defending, let's see, um, you, uh, oh, I wonder, do you ever know what it means to take, do you even know what it means to take responsibility or do you just ignore that when it doesn't fit your story? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I absolutely take responsibility whenever I am responsible for something. I always talk to you about taking my part. This is my part. We just talked about it last night when uh, we were talking about, you know, why the dog wasn't fed. I took my part. I said, I'm sorry. I absolutely forgot to feed the dog. And you lashed out at me like I had committed the worst crime on the planet when I'm really just trying to do the best I can every day. Something like that. And then explanation, um, can you explain why it's so hard for you to admit when you're wrong? So you're asking me to explain why it's hard for me to admit when I'm wrong? Well, it's hard because no matter what I say to you, you don't accept my response. You don't, you tell me that I'm lying. You tell me that you don't believe me. You tell me that I'm crazy, that I'm too sensitive. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter what I do, you're always going to tell me that I'm wrong. So I don't know what to do. I'm throwing my hands up to this. Okay. So what I might respond uh, in a clear, concise way would be something like, I can't control how you feel about me and your feelings are not my responsibility. Mm, yeah. I like that. I like that. And uh, yeah, like, why do you think that response what you just gave so the the healthy healthy response um w why is it so effective in this particular example 
Well, because they're essentially this person, the narcissist is asking the partner or the person they're talking to, to be responsible for their emotions and their happiness and how they feel and all that. The healthiest people, whether you're in a relationship with a narcissist or not, are not responsible for other people's emotions. And if we verbalize that to the narcissist or anybody else, it reiterates to us, number one, and two to them, that I'm not going to feed into this, you wanting me to take care of how you feel emotionally. I'm, I can't do that. I have no control over it. And it is not my responsibility. And this is one of the things that I go over over and over with with clients who are in relationships with narcissists you're not responsible for this person's emotions or well-being and they will ask you to take care of that over and over and then when you say you're not going to do it they're going to tell you you're a terrible wife a terrible partner a terrible husband a terrible son a terrible daughter a terrible co-worker and we have to continually say to ourselves I'm not responsible for another human being's emotions. I, I, I'm not, there's just no way. And oh, by the way, you've tried to be for the last X number of years. How well did that work? Because now here we're in the situation where this person is asking you once again to be responsible for how they feel about things. And you're just not. And listen, if I had a magic pill and you could be, I would tell you about it. But you do not have that ability. I don't have that ability. So we have to practice that. And that it's really, again, it's not about trying to get the narcissist to understand anything because you're never going to be able to do that. It's about you reiter reiterating to yourself, I cannot control this person. I can't control how he or she, they feel. I can only control me and how I choose to respond to this person so that I'm protected and remain sane, which is mm. hard. Obviously. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it really has more to do with all these responses. It has more to do with the person who's communicating. How do I protect myself? How do I keep, especially if you have to be in the relationship with them, for example, if it's your mother or if it's your son or if it's your daughter, um, these relationships, you can't leave altogether. I mean, most people don't, let's put it that way. Um, and so we have to learn how to interact with them in a way that protects us the most and clarity, being clear, being short and sweet, being simple is the best way to do it. You don't get sucked into the weeds when you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so unfortunately, the jade technique and uh, isn't going to make the narcissist stop being emotionally abusive immediately. And what advice would you have for someone trying to protect themselves from emotional abuse over an extended period of time? So we were like when we when you gave those very clear and short answers, like that's like kind of following like, okay, don't do like, don't do that jade, like the justify, argue, defend and explain thing. So, but that doesn't like, like it work in, in, in a way like, yeah, like you can say those are very short and kind of healthy, healthy responses to a narcissistic person back, but you know, these conversations probably still are going to happen like over and over again. So, how can someone like do you have any advice and tips like how to 
how to protect yourself from this emotional abuse over an extended period of time when they just keep coming at you, following you, like again and again, wanting to have these same conversations. <laughs> right. And yes, and that's and that's difficult. So obviously the best case scenario is to leave the relationship if you can. But we know that that's not realistic with everybody. So uh, one of the things that I encourage people to do is think about whether they're responding to the person or they're reacting to the person. When you find yourself in that jade situation, you're reacting. And reaction is an emotional thing. Um, the, we know the narcissist is um, emotionally exploitative, which means that they like to poke at all the things that are vulnerabilities for you. And what happens when that happens is we react, right? Like that, what are you talking about? I never said that. So that's a reaction as opposed to a response, which is taking a second to think about what the person just said, maybe take a deep breath, maybe count to four, whatever it is. And then thinking about what you want to say back, because that is bringing in that logical part of your brain, that cognitive or the cognitive part of your brain where you can be reasonable in what you want to respond to. So that's what I encourage people to do. Like take a moment when you're being attacked by the narcissist. I know it's hard to sort of stop yourself and say, okay, I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. Let me think about that for a second. Because of course they're going to be like, huh? Huh? What do you say? What do you say? You know, so you have to kind of put that boundary up. Um, but if you can respond, then that you have a better chance of coming up with something short and sweet, whatever it is. I do recommend that people kind of keep a list of these uh, responses at their ready, like in their phone or on the fridge or whatever. So they can just go straight to it instead of having to think about it. Cause in the moment, it's much more difficult to think about it until you get pretty versed at it. And if you're with somebody for a really long period of time, you usually can um, if you're working on it. The other thing is, uh, which I may have mentioned, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but I'm sure you've heard about it, is gray rocking, which is just being as bland and dull in your responses as you possibly can be. So it, it's even more simplistic than what I gave you today. So if, mm. if they come at you, you just say, okay, sounds good. Right. You're right. No. Stuff like that, where it's, very short and sweet, or not even sweet, short, one word answers, two word answers, um, because you're really not giving them anything. And what the narcissist is looking for is that, um, you know, dramatic emotional response. When you take that away from them, over time, not immediately, but over time, they will stop that to some extent. And they, 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 it does take a little bit of time, but they'll sort of back off and they go find somebody else that they can, you know, get that from. Um, so that's one of the ways um, also to do it. And um, when, you know, when you're in these situations, it's important to remember that the, the narcissist is looking for you to provide validation and affirmation in whatever way you possibly can. So that's why they are continually coming for you um, because they can't do that for themselves. So every time they come to you and communicate in this way, they're looking for some of that. They're looking for that validation, affirmation. Affirmation doesn't mean you're giving them anything positive. It just means you reacting to them is affirming them. 
that they exist in the world, right? That's what they need. And so when we take that from them, it's not because we're uh, trying to harm them in any way. It's that we're realizing that there's nothing, like if you give them all the affirmation in the world today, tomorrow it resets and they need it again. So in order to be able to maintain being in this relationship over a long period of time, it has to be an exercise of self-protection, what you can tolerate, how much you want to get involved in that dialogue with them, um, because they're going to emotionally abuse for as long as they're alive. They don't necessarily read it as emotional abuse. They read it as how they communicate. So um, and it's always about them. It is never, ever about you. Even though they use examples like we were talking about today, that none of that has anything to do with you. They really do not think about you at all, except as an entity to give them something. So we, we feel like, why did they not like me? Or why do they, they're not even thinking about that. They're thinking about what can I get from Ellen today? Okay. I need something for myself. So Ellen's in front of me. So I'm going to go after her. If Sally was in front of them, they'd go after Sally. If John was in front of them, they'd go after John. It's an opportunist sort of situation. So if we can separate ourselves eventually from this being about me and recognizing it's not about me, it's about the narcissist, we can detach in that way. And that helps with some of this. I mean, obviously putting yourself in a situation where you're being abused all the time, if you can help it is not a good thing. Um, if you have to, for reasons, you know, that you have to do it, then we have to separate ourselves from recognizing that the narcissist is not, it's not about us. It's about them. When there's, when we talk about them being self-absorbed, they are self-absorbed. They're literally not thinking about anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it can't be about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I was also thinking, do you have any tips like, because when we, you know, we are not perfect and sometimes we do engage in a way that might escalate the conversation or the conflict and it becomes ex like even more draining and emotionally uh, exhausting. And, and even sometimes just giving those good, clear and simple answers when you have to really constrain yourself, use all your willpower and everything and just say it, even though you are, you might be very angry inside, that also takes an emotional toll in a way. And you, we might notice ourselves either we are just blowing up in front of the narcissistic person or later, like we just notice how our nervous system is kind of very activated and heightened and stuff like that. How do you, what is the kind of the, we want to get back to the kind of the regulated state, like even though, yeah, I understand like when we are, if you are living with a narcissistic person, it's really hard to when you are in constant chaos and, you know, a very, very stressful environment, but anyway, like, any tips how to get as fast and as effectively back to that, that like kind of regulated state where you are like kind of okay, despite of the, the stressful incident that, that just happened? Yes. So when we're in those agitated states, when we're interacting with them, one of the things that happens, and this also happens when you're having panic and all that, you stop breathing regularly. So, and that agitates things. So then you can feel yourself kind of escalating. 
So when the interaction is done, or even in the middle of the interaction at some juncture, if you can do it, it's important to pay attention to your breathing. Am I breathing in and out? Is my breathing shallow or am I breathing from my stomach out and then vice versa? So if you're not doing that, or if your interaction is over and you're able to go to the bathroom or take a walk outside or whatever, then I encourage everybody to do something called four square breathing, which is essentially breathing in for four seconds, breathing out for four seconds, breathing in for four seconds, releasing for four seconds. And doing that, uh, I don't know, two, three times is going to regulate your breathing. And that's going to bring your uh, nervous system down, okay, in the immediate situation that you're in. Um, and you can also do, if you know any meditation techniques, visualization techniques, you know, things like imagining a place that you really feel like you're at peace. It might be the ocean or the mountains or, you know, driving your car or something like that. When you're visualizing those things, it will calm down your nervous system. The other things that are very effective are changing your senses, so if you just have that interaction and you're inside, go outside and make note of how the temperature has changed. Okay. Like it may be cool inside because it's, you know, summer and it's um, air conditioning. And then you go outside and it's 90 degrees. So you notice, but the change in senses will flip your brain over to focus on something else. And that helps to bring the regulation down. And you can do this with, um, smell with sight with hearing with um taste so you know put a mint in your mouth um smell some flowers while you're outside get an ice cube and rub it on your skin um anything like that is going to help you bring down your nervous system response because by changing your senses it like i said it distracts you um and then the basic stuff about how to manage all of that over a long period of time like making sure you're getting exercise, getting enough sleep, taking, making sure you're eating correctly, not overusing drugs and alcohol if you're doing that. Um, and uh, just overall general wellness is gonna help a lot. But pay the number one thing that people get kind of hung up on is they stop breathing. Their breathing becomes shallow and that's gonna raise up your nervous system almost automatically. It's like you're creating, um, a situation where you're going to hyperventilate, right? And of course, when we hyperventilate, we feel like, <laughs> so we want to calm that down by making sure that we're focusing on our breathing and not, it's not shallow. We're not holding our breath. You know, we're doing it in a regulated fashion and that will help. And then add in some meditation, vis visualization, meditation, just being, um, you know, uh, words that you use to calm yourself down, like, I'm peaceful, I'm enough, I am uh, important, I'm lovable, I'm worthwhile, and just kind of going over and over and over again, because, you know, you just came out of an interaction with a narcissist who told you you're a piece of you-know-what, um, and so we want to make sure that we're doing something to kind of counteract that, and that will bring down the nervous system response. Mm, yeah, thank you so much, Ellen, for, for all of your tips, and uh, yeah, I think I think your your answers and insight was really, really helpful today. So I want to thank everyone for listening. And yes, thank you, Ellen, so much. I really appreciate you coming here today and giving giving your advice and insight. Thank you.
Of course, I'm happy to come anytime. I appreciate all the questions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and see you in the next episode. <laughs>